WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. A broken power structure and a misogynistic culture allowed sexual misconduct to go unreported for years at a church in Champaign-Urbana. This week, we've heard stories from survivors of sexual abuse. In today's final story, WBEZ's Esther Yoon-Ji Kang and Suzy Ahn report on why one church's story of covering up abuse is emblematic of a larger system that deserves to be scrutinized. For nearly 20 years, Tina Waysmith thought she was an isolated case, that she was the only person who was raped by another member of Covenant Fellowship Church, the church she attended while in college. It's better known as CFC. I was seeking community. You know, at least what I was getting from CFC was that this currently did not exist. There weren't that many people struggling through this. Literally, reading stories after stories, I was not alone. And I wasn't the only one being told that there's some fault. She's referring to stories from survivors on an Instagram account called Letters from Rahab. Smith realized that CFC didn't handle her case and those of many others properly. She's speaking out about it now because she thinks the church can do better. The Bible preaches that we need to be supporting and loving and caring for those who are oppressed and abused. Experts say CFC's handling of sexual assault is in many ways a classic case study. The culture of covering up abuse and making women feel responsible for what happened to them is prevalent in many religious circles. It's a culture that has proven painful for victims and one that has ultimately fractured communities and shaken people's faith. Kristen Cobes Dume is a professor of history at Calvin College and author of a best-selling book on evangelical masculinity. She says when abuse happens in a church, it tends to follow a common pattern. It's victims who end up being shamed, victims who are often blamed, and often it's the, the community rallies around the perpetrator and it will do so to defend the ministry. She says victims are often pressured not to seek outside help. They're told it's an in-house problem that can be resolved, exactly what many at CFC experienced. So it's something that should be dealt with by the authorities in the local church, who in in patriarchal religious communities are generally all men. And often in these churches are also unified around the pastor. Sources say that's what the associate pastors at CFC did when they found out about the sexual misconduct of Min Chung, the church's founding pastor and its longtime charismatic leader. Dume says if it's an instance of sexual assault, law enforcement must be involved immediately and there needs to be an independent investigation. Truly independent investigations that aren't just investigating what happened, but also committed to full transparency in making public the results of those investigations. Dume says she's recently seen churches handle these cases correctly, contacting authorities right away. She's hopeful this will be the standard. Spiritual abuse is psychological trauma under the guise of religion. That can take the form of a religious leader using his position to berate and attack victims, making them feel inferior and powerless. Abby Wong Hefter is a mental health specialist. She says spiritual abuse and sexual abuse often go hand in hand. Churches that don't handle the abuse correctly use biblical language to silence a victim. They often quote a passage in the Bible in the book of Matthew. It instructs a victim to privately confront the person who sinned against them. I think that's a really wildly confusing place for somebody that has been victimized 
the pastor is the one that's also more or less dictating how you read that text, then again, it's just a place where gaslighting can happen really easily. When former CFC members Candace Lee and her husband confronted Chung about his sexual misconduct, he asked them to look at that passage in Matthew together. He goes to Matthew 18 and says that what happened was a private matter between two people. And so it's been taken care of according to the Bible. So we don't need to go any further. She says Chung also cited another passage that talks about honoring elders. She says the way Chung weaponized scripture has tainted the Bible for her. Wong Hefter says churches need to stop pressuring victims to forgive. They need to listen and support victims, even if they leave the church. I have worked with a client whose church ended up having to, they were the ones paying for her therapy because of the abuse she had suffered by someone within the church. So what are you going to do to prioritize healing of and the sense that we believe you? CFC recently resumed in-person Sunday services, but the church is taking a break from many of its other programs, Bible study groups, Sunday school, and other activities. And according to the University of Illinois, CFC chose not to renew its student organization status. That means no booth on quad day and no more reserving campus buildings. Several people have left the church and friendships have been fractured. While some see the Letters from Rahab Instagram account as a light shining on truth, others say it puts an unfair burden on church members who have little or no connection with that past. Current CFC member Becky Kim Park says the church has changed and she wants to help improve it. If we were able to transform and rebuild and be a light in our community, I think that that would be a really beautiful picture again of God's redemptive plan for all of us. CFC has commissioned a Christian organization to conduct an independent probe into the cases of abuse. As the church takes stock of its past, former members like Chris Sotelo are doing the same. The former lay leader says for more than a decade, he's been deconstructing his time at CFC. What was good and what was not, right? What was God and what was not? And what was God and what was culture, right? Super important for us, because if we didn't do that work, then I don't know if I'd be a Christian still. Miryong Fantine was one of the founding members of the church back in the 90s. She says for the most part, she had a good experience at CFC. But that doesn't mean she's going to let these stories of abuse slide. She says the church should be transparent and own up to what happened. Criminal acts were committed against these women that these women didn't receive the justice that they deserve. They didn't receive the healing and professional help that they require. The gospel says one can be forgiven of their sins. Fontaine says that means a person will not lose their salvation, but they must be brought to justice. You know, the gospel is about coming into the light, coming out of the darkness. By keeping everything hush-hush, we are actively trying to remain in the darkness when the gospel tells us to come to the light. She says some survivors of abuse have lost their faith. Many have lived with shame, guilt, and fear that they did something wrong. Fontaine says survivors need to know that they are not alone, that they are loved, and that their stories need to be brought into the light. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. And I'm Suzy On, WBEZ News.